Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, and welcome to the church, church, uh, the ch- ch- Chelsea. Welcome to the Chelsea podcast. We've got Seb Fontaine on this week, who is our mate, Kerry Levy, and uh, Andy Saunders. Hello. And uh, neither of us, your mates. <laughs> no. no, just me. Just me. <laughs> we're, we're good mates. You and Seb. Okay. Yes. Well, you're acquaintances. That means I've got a team yes. up. We're going to tag. We both spin, baby. <laughs> Mm, that's a bit odd. <laughs> well, so we shouldn't do that in here because you might knock the microphones over. Have you, have you been doing any sporting events? I haven't actually. I did uh, Liverpool Cathedral on the weekend. There was a whole. They got a whole orchestra to do like twenty years of Cream Classics, and it wow. was, it, I mean, actually, it was quite emotive. You stood at the back of the orchestra, and there were lasers, and but I had to do all the introduction, all the introduction speeches, and all that. It was, and I was, I was nervous. I was holding the mic, and I was speaking again, and realised my hands <laughs> like that. I had to hold it with two hands. It was, there were two thousand people in there. It was quite. I mean, I was, you know, There's just plenty records. I mean, you must be used to it. Yeah, know, but it's an amazing a... building, isn't it? Oh, acoustics. Amazing. I is mean, it's the Paddy's Wigwam. Is that what amazing. they call it? St. Patrick's Cathedral. Yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. But it's beautiful. I mean, really, yeah, yeah, it's so an amazing that, place. That's what I was doing. So that was good. So was everyone getting on one? Uh, it was, it, it was incredible atmosphere in there. I mean, yeah. people cheering and there were people crying at the back. It literally was incredibly emotive. It was really good, actually. So was this a sort of a celebration of cream going? Yeah, and, well. It, yeah. Not so much as cream going, more just that we haven't gone and this isn't something else wonderful that we're doing while we haven't got a venue, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was, mm. it was great. It really was something special to be part of. Well, they do know how to party in Liverpool. Was Jürgen Klopp there? Hmm? Jürgen Klopp. 
Jurgen Klopp. I didn't see Jurgen, but I tell you, but Liverpool were, fans were buzzing after their uh, their midweek comeback. Oh, do you know that comeback? Kind of, I saw the um, European Cup final. I was in Liverpool, and um, when that happened, and I've been chatting to somebody, you know, with a London accent in a bar, and oh, I was getting all these looks from Liverpool fans. And um, I was quite enjoying it because Hernan Crespo was one of our boys yeah. and he'd scored two goals in that first half. And, um, and I was thinking, oh, this is good. And then, of course, it all turned around and all these Liverpool fans had been so miserable and starting to look at me in that kind of, we're going to give you a beating in a minute. Like, you know, <laughs> um, suddenly... So what were you, was, Wales? Uh, very funny. Yeah, I knew you'd be the one. Sean Connery. <laughs> Sean. <laughs> um, but it, it, was, it was amazing because... At the end of it, when it happened, I kind of went, hooray, in a slightly understated way. Cause it was Shevchenko missed an absolute yes, sitter in that he game. did. And, and these that's sc- why we bought him, yeah, that. Say, that's, right. that's normally that's what a man we do. For us. And these scousers came up to me and say, hey, even though you're from London, would you say we're not going to give you a beating because we won the cop? And I thought, that is generous spirit from the Liverpool fans. So, mm-hmm. yeah. They I think that happens everywhere, though. Do you think? What, you escape a beating by the skin of your teeth? <laughs> <laughs> you mean me personally? I don't care. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care for Liverpool. No, neither do I. That's why it was really I don't odd. care for the almost religious awe that commentators hold them in. When they had that game against Borussia Dortmund in the weekend, all right, you know, decent comeback and everything. I mean, it's certainly not the first team ever to come back from two goals down. But, you know, there was this sort of almost kind of religious deference to Liverpool and, and the great European nights at Anfield. It's like, get over it. And it's you Europa know, League. It's the Europa League. <laughs> you know, we can it's, be like, it's, the Mickey, it's the Mickey <laughs> Mouse European Cup. Next season. Yeah. <laughs> Who needs that? We've anyway, made let's Europa not League. talk about them because I don't care for them. No, yeah, And I don't might. care for Spurs either. Oh, okay. Who, Arsenal. Who else do? Okay, <laughs> on an escalating scale from one to twenty-two or whatever, who's your top in the don't care for team? Liverpool. Liverpool followed by uh, probably Arsenal. Oh, followed by Spurs. And then the last Champions League place of hatred goes to <laughs> probably PSG at the moment. They're not actually in the English league. Oh, uh, in the English league. Yeah, but you can. Have I'm not PSG. worried about anybody else. Okay, just those three really. Okay, yeah, fair enough. So that I'm not a big fan of Everton because I did my knee in against Everton. Well, no, and that was really their fault for making you walk on the curb. There you go. He did. He, he did his ankle. He oh. Terrible problems. You're, a, his you're an Islington boy, aren't you? So, I mean, have you got a particular... Well, it's Fulham, Leicester Fulham? and Nottingham Forest. I'm a traditionalist. <laughs> I go with the songs that I've heard over the years. <laughs> Fulham, Leicester and Nottingham Forest. That's the, the three Brilliant. least hateable teams in the world. It's genius, Phil. <laughs> what about you, sir? Uh, Arsenal. In the old days, it would have been Leeds. But I, I, funny enough, I had a very good long chat about how we don't hate them anymore. And it was like, yeah, we've got other things to worry about. Yeah. But uh, Arsenal's definitely... Definitely top. And who else? Um, I think you've mentioned them all, haven't you? I'm glad <laughs> Arsenal can't win the league, put it that way. Or... I'm sure mathematically they still no, they can. Can't. Oh, they really can't. They, oh, Andy, can't. give us a stat, mate. No, they can't. They can't win it mathematically. That's can a great not? stat. No. I think it was on Saturday, that result on Saturday. Um, finished them. Finished them off. Wasn't it? So who do you, what about your three? My three would be, well, I suppose it has to be Liverpool, um, then it has to be Arsenal, um, and then I was trying to think, who else do I really dislike? Wrexham. <laughs> Why don't you dislike Spurs? Sorry? Why don't mm. I dislike Spurs? Well, I mean, I kind of do, 
but I've never had that hatred about them because for so many years we, we beat them for 18 years or whatever on the trot. Six points. 21 yeah. years. Yeah, 21 years. So, you know, I mean, it kind of... Yeah, I suppose they'd probably be... At a push, they'd be the third team. Yeah. But okay. it's, it's really Liverpool... West Ham don't like us. A lot Nordic, of teams Nordic don't, QPR. A lot of teams don't like QPR, us. QPR, yeah. In fact, I was on the Tube a couple of weekends ago and Leicester had a big result down in London and they were all singing their, one of their songs and it's basically... You know, we're going to be doing this and doing that and shitting on Chelsea on the way. You know, on the tube. In London. On the the tube. And I was like, well, I'm going to be waving a pop at us. There's no history. And I I said to the bloke, he said, which just fits well in the song. Well, hang on. Overland and CN Leicester. Yeah, well, I I don't know. No, but also... They don't really care about that. But they also sing Keep the Blue Flag Flying High as well now. Yeah. Which they've nicked that off us. Yeah. Well, yeah, but we probably nicked it off someone else. It's really funny when you go to other grounds in the air. Why are they oh, singing our songs? Oh, we've been singing this since 1903. Yeah, West Ham really don't like us. But we don't really, really care don't. about them. Yeah, and QPR sing songs about how QPR. much they... Ch- I, I mean, QPR haters. I've been to a couple of QPR games. You know, we're not even playing. There's Chelsea, you know, we're not, not even in the same league and they're still singing songs about how much they hate us. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, but... But oh. there, there we go. Um, Seb's fallen DJ over. Knocking over his deck. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the goons. Broken the studio, sorry. Oh, well. Neggy! <laughs> <laughs> Not only is he going on about Fulham, Leicester and Nottingham Forest, he's referencing 1960s radio comedy now. Neggy! <laughs> oh, God, we can get back to the 50s by the end of this one, I reckon. But um, So I suppose if we're going to talk about, um, you know, teams that... Uh, we don't seem to... Well, actually, go back to the Liverpool thing and Borussia Dortmund comebacks. Let's talk about our comeback against Man City at the weekend, shall oh, yeah, we? Okay. Because, well, we came back to the Stamford Bridge. That was about as far as a comeback went. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. was... It, it was it, it was dire. I mean, should we, should we you, set the scene? Let's set the scene, Okay, please. so we'll set the scene with the team first. After the Swansea game where we fielded a relatively inexperienced team, Gus uh, was able to welcome back three of his senior players for the game. Do you reckon uh, it was a welcome? Yeah, I think... think I think. Hello? Well, I think in, initially he was thinking, well, I'll play a strong team against Man City, you yeah. know, after playing this, this you know, youthful team against Swansea. Um, Costa came back in up front following his three-game suspension. Willian and uh, Gary Cahill both recovered from injury back in the starting lineup. Miazga was the player to make way for Cahill. Branislav Ivanovic continuing the, the armband alongside him in central defence. Uh, Eden Hazard still not recovered from this uh, ongoing hip injury. So Pedro and Willian uh, joining Ruben Loftus-Cheek in the three behind Costa with Fabregas and John Michelobi as the two deeper-lying midfielders. Azpilicueta and Baba Rahman as a starting full-backs and Thibaut Courtois in, uh, in place of Asmir Begovic. So that was the team. What do we think of that when we saw that well, on the I thought it was lineup? interesting. I also thought there was an interesting quote. You talked about Eden Hazard still not being fit. Did you see the thing Hiddink said about, about him before, that he was in a, a very dark place? Now, do you think that means they've chucked him under the stairs? Yeah. <laughs> Put him in a gimp box until he wakes up. Belgium's got a bit of a history with that kind of stuff, isn't it? Fritzl well, cellar. It's all a bit fritzel. Maybe that's why he can't play. They can't find the keys. I don't know. But I thought it was a really odd thing to say that he's in a dark place. Well, he probably is. I mean, yeah. he's probably, you know, I mean, I think what he means is that, you know, after the season last year, he's the PFA Player of the Year and lauded as one of the greatest players on the planet. You know, to have such a appallingly, you know, terrible season where he's literally fallen... Well, not literally fallen off a cliff, because uh, he hasn't, but, you know, where he's fallen... Phil off. might have done that in the end of Contrafina. Ooh, Whoa. don't tell. Okay. <laughs> Where his form has fallen off a cliff, you know, he probably is in a dark place. He's obviously been playing while injured. You know, this is not this has not been a happy time for Eden. 
It's tickled you, that, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Kerry's corpsing. <laughs> badly, very, very badly. But carry on with the serious stats, you beast. <laughs> um... Yeah, so I mean, I think I mean when he's talking about, I don't think that he means that he's he's, uh, he's d- disenchanted with Chelsea. I just think he means that you know he's he's upset that he hasn't replicated the form of last season. You know, what's interesting is that Hazard apparently has had uh, you know one to one talks with Conte, and you know it looks like he might stay, which is good. He wants to stay to revive his career. Well, he should. I mean, there's no point in in going you know going now and although, on the bench at Real Madrid. Although sometimes you need a change to revive your career. Another Possibly. another dead season on the. Bench won't do him any good. Well, we could swap him with that messy fella because maybe there's a someone going about with an injection to all brilliant players. Well, before at the moment. Well, the only thing I would say about Messi is that yes, he scored his 500th goal at the weekend. Um, but before that, had gone nine go- nine games without an assist or a goal. Yeah, and most He's of them against teams like Levante. Rubbish. No, he is. He, I don't think he's overrated. 500 <laughs> career goals. The team against which he has never scored is. Is one of the Calden Beath. It's Chelsea. Eight he, games. And Calden Beath. Eight games without a goal against Chelsea. Sorry, I thought you meant Spanish teams, but yeah. yes. No, I mean, it's, it's incredible, really. You know, get, getting back to Hazard, I mean, I, I can't see we'll sell him this summer because we need to. Well, if we try to sell him now, everyone will get the price down for a start. Well, you're not going to sell him for 80 million on the season that he's had. No. No. He's not going to pass a medical at the moment. You know, no. Oscar's uh, probably worth more than him at the moment. Well, I think, you know, Eden, you'll probably get 50, 60 million for him. But I don't think there's any point selling him unless you're going to get premium money for him. So I think that Seb's point about you need to go somewhere else to, you know, to, to revive your career. He's essentially got a new manager. We're going to buy players mm. in the summer. It'll be a new culture. Hopefully a change will be as good as a rest. Yeah. And he's, he's gone round talking to everybody, hasn't he, apparently, Conte? Yeah. He's had contact. Oh, with yeah, because... So, uh, what's his name? Fabregas was on football. Uh, Monday was, night football. Last Monday night. night football, and you know he was like, "Oh, I've told you know, Mourinho was great. I didn't fall out. I'm still his friend. You know, we still talk to each other. Oh, Conte, you know, I'm, we're going to be great. I mean, he was on that looking like he didn't give a shit. Like he's played brilliant all season. Mm. I think he's the first to go. Really? I think I think well I certainly think that if we buy in the summer and we buy central midfielders he's going to struggle to get in the team because if we buy a Nangalan or Pjanic or you know one of these uh, players it's going to it's going to be difficult to to work out where he fits especially if he plays uh, 3-5-2 or 4-3-3 he'll end you know. up what he used to do at Barcelona coming on yeah. every now and again and get- to see if he can you know put a ball through for someone I mean, but as work, work right. Well, goes. he's been shown up for having him. You know, uh, uh, his pace has. Suffered. He did say that last night. He yeah. said, "I am pretty useless at defending and getting back and tackling." So, I mean, at least he's quite honest about it. Well, last yeah, night. he had to say that, though, didn't yeah, he? But at least he, he did say, you that, know, because what he's been doing is is a bit like what Oscar does: put one tackle in, get booked, and it looks like he's this tough guy that runs round. Yeah. But it's still, on our good days, it's been his passes that have been unlocking defences. Yeah, now, and unfortunately, there's not been enough of those good days, but 
when he is well, when he is on form, he's still well. Yeah, two Those years balls. ago, yeah. without no, a doubt. Even this season, even we this won season. the league because of what he was up to, but he ain't got it anymore. Yeah, no, even it. this season, there's been games where he's literally unlocked defences. I for think us. the problem on, this on a... season over a lot of players. I, I think you're right, sir. But well, you're both right in a way because I mean, the problem this season has been consistency. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's the only player that you can look at this year and go, he's been utterly consistent throughout the whole season. Is William? Yeah. You know, everybody else has had good games, bad games, indifferent games. Some have had worse games. You know, William has ploughed a really, you know, really consistent line throughout the whole season. Nobody else has. And I think if you look at the teams that are doing well, you look at Leicester, you look at Spurs, their players are performing consistently, uh, consistently week in, week out. And that's what you've got to do to win the Premier League. And I'm not sure you can blame that all on the individual players. I think it's been a really hard team to be part of. You know, you look at Leicester where everyone's, you know, the team spirit is flying. And you're looking at us where you had Mourinho chopping and changing people and blaming everyone publicly. It's, I think it's been a hard team to be part of this well, season. Well, you, you touched on leadership, and it's something we've come back to time and time again on this podcast. I mean, if you look at Leicester, they've got Wes Morgan, they've got Uth, they've got experienced players in there that are leaders. But, Danny Drinkwater. You know, you look at Spurs, you've got, you know, you've got players there that, you know, all over the pitch, you've got leaders in that team. Um, you look at us, and, you know, we take John Terry out of the team. And let's be honest, even Terry hasn't looked like Terry at points this season. No, you're right. You know, there were times where heads went down and where Terry would have been screaming and shouting, and he was, his head was down too. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't, I, he hasn't played in the last few games. You know, I mean, in, in reflection, would you still be giving him a new contract? Yeah, I would. I, only because I think it's a transitional period, and he might be the last sort of bastion of the old successful Chelsea that can I personally I would like to see him stay and I know I've said before I don't think he should stay I would like him to stay if they can try and move him onto the bench because I think he has something to give people the experience and what we've won at Chelsea he cares about being at Chelsea so why not try and do what they did with Ryan Giggs at Man U get him involved in the other side of the thing he's been doing his badges so he must want to do that I think he has to let go of his ego and stop wanting to play all the time because I think it's getting to that point where he needs to do the crossover and I think he's Would one of the few Would you still give him 150 grand a week? No and that's the issue, though, isn't it? Yeah. We can talk about as much as we want about cultural differences and about wanting to play and all that kind of stuff. Ultimately, he will turn around and say, the MLS will pay me 200 grand a week and so will China. There so he goes, you know, that's fine. So, it's, so if he wants to stay and be part of that cultural identity of a new team, I'm all for it. But I'm then, absolutely all for but it. But then that. Chelsea need to make him an offer and make it a public offer. This is what we're prepared to go... they haven't. Well, they're saying they haven't. They're well, saying they who haven't. says they haven't? John Terry's saying he's had, no, he's had nothing. John well, Terry yeah, but that. you know what? It, it, it's very I, difficult for the club, isn't it, to do it? Because if the club do it... Well, no, no, we, haven't, no, we haven't made you an offer. It's not that difficult. The, well, no, the club are in a very difficult situation. They're in, they're in a kind of no-win situation. No, because I, if they turn around and say, we made him an offer, then basically you embarrass John Terry and you put, you know, you put all, the situation, all, the, all the situation onto John Terry. Well, if you say we uh, haven't uh, made him an offer, everybody if, says, why not? If two people have made... You know, if there is, if there is business going on, you know, then no-one's embarrassed. The fact that they're saying there is no business going on, on. That's the embarrassing thing. Well, uh, but I, th- I agree with Kerry. I, I'd like to see him stay on, be a leader in the dressing room, play a few games, you know, help bring some youngsters through, because I still think he's got all of that in him uh, with a view to being on a bench. And meanwhile, if there's one season that happens in China or MLS, it doesn't matter. I mean, listen, Drogba's done it, and, you know, they were talking about him coming back on the bench, and no one's think, treating him like a money bag. Well, look, I, I think ultimately this is... 
This is not about playing time. It's about money. And anybody that thinks it isn't is deluded. It's ultimately about money. And I think the, the gap between what Jory Terry wants and what the club commercially want to pay him is 2D. That's my, that's my reading. Listen, I'm, I'm not, I don't know, so I'm not putting that forward as fact. That's my view on it. What do you think about JT then, Phil? Uh, it's difficult, isn't it? Uh, I, I sort of agree with everything everybody's saying, but I don't know. With Conte, it, it depends on him, really. Um, Mm. I think you know they kind of like older players, Danny. You know, a, yeah. a bit, a bit of something. I think it's time for change down there, and whether he stays this year, uh, whether he goes this year, or whether he goes next year, it, it's um, he's got to go at some point. Would you get him into the coaching side of things? He's doing his badges. Well, I don't really know what. It, listen, that club is a joke at the moment. I don't mm. know who runs what. What you know? What's going on down there? So, you know, I, I don't know. I thought of you. you. You didn't make it to the City no. game, did you? But I thought of you because I don't know if any of you witnessed this or had it around the ground where you were, but there was an anti-Emanalo song that we want you to go, Emanalo. Um, nice. So, I'd sing I, that. I would sing that. I know, I know you quite like him. I, I'm no, really... no, no. Well, and there's no, no, I don't quite like him at all. Okay. I, think, I think he's pointless. No, I, 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 don't, I, you know, I don't quite know what he does, Seb. That's the problem. There's this man that... in the shadows that sort of takes I... no, no blame for anything or well, no responsibility. But I also think that he is a lightning rod for everything that goes wrong in our scouting network. And I think that there are other people that can shoulder as much blame. Emanalo is a convenient focal point for that eye. I'm, now, I don't know. He may be utterly useless, but I don't know. And I think that Chelsea fans do have a habit of jumping to conclusions about individuals. That's my problem. But yeah. I tell you what I, what I do find painful, the two most painful games this season, City and Everton, Lukaku and De Bruyne, both punishing us severely. When I think, they t- you know, it was quite clear that they were world talents and, you know, and our management just did not, our manager did not want them. Did not want them. They weren't off-the-shelf, multi-million-pound replacements and didn't give them a chance. I think the De, Bru- uh, the De Bruyne one particularly is very interesting absolutely. because there's been lots and lots of spin this week from both sides. Yeah. Mourinho says, I told them to keep him. De Bruyne says that what Mourinho did is he bought him into a room with the other central midfielders and put a load of stats up on the, on the screen and basically said, this is why you're not in the team, look at the numbers. And De Bruyne said, you cannot include me in these stats because you've only played me three times. How can you judge me by those stats when you haven't played me? And they fell out at that point, and from that point on, he was dead to Mourinho. That's essentially what he's saying. So, listen, I do this for a living. You know, I do this PR spin for a living, and I tell you now, there is spin from both sides. Mourinho was going, nothing to do with me, I told him to keep him. But, you know, he didn't play him. And, and the other thing about Mourinho is a lot of people have thrown out, oh, he gave this person a debut, and he gave that person a debut, and he bought... He gives a lot of debuts, but he loses patience, and he does not develop players. So, you know, a lot of this blame about whether it's Mourinho or Matter or Lukaku or Scherler, whoever your favourite is that has left, I think some of it's got to be pointed at Mourinho, and a lot of people, a lot of people I, are saying he's yeah. blameless in this. No, I, well, I, I don't. Think, no, I, no, no, he's listen, not blameless. I mean, I mean, I, I know. I always mention it. Ryan Bertrand, I just think was we didn't need to buy Philip Luis. He was there. He was brilliant. Champions League winning Ryan Bertrand. And, and did you see Cesc Fabregas had to pick his team of the year um, last night on Sky? Who was his left back? 
Ryan Bertrand, which yeah. I thought was I, like... I think Mourinho, he, he's, you know, if he, he doesn't bring people through, and I think he just buys people off the shelf with multi-million dollar price tags, and I think it's a real shame. And I mean, that's the one... I mean, look, I feel watching Chelsea at the moment, it's a bit like walking, watching The Walking Dead, where, you know, one manager who's really got nothing to play for Without is leaving. We've got another manager who has supposedly spoken to everyone, but will not actually be in charge till well after, you know, the Euros. I mean, it's a real, it's a really odd time. It's a really, really odd time for us. I think people have got to manage their expectations about next year as well, because I think I that think so next too. year will, will be a transitional season. Yeah. If they think that um, Conte's going to hit the ground running with his sparkling new squad and, and, and bulldoze the Premier League, he's not. I think it's going to take a year to bed these players in, to get the systems right, to get him used to the culture of this country and this football. You know, people have to manage their expectations and set a, an achievable target. And I would say, top four next year I'd be happy with that me too you know I think is, winning, is winning that, don't we need to manage your expectations no I think so. top four I think, <laughs> I think top four top four which should be realistic for a club with our, with our squad and our five pound yeah it is just that there is I think there's going to be really some significant change and you know I, I think you know I, I don't care what happens next year as long as I can see some evolution some change agreed and, and then you know if we finish eighth but we've seen actually that the second half of the season, it all came together. What, whatever, you know, I think it, we need to see proper change because we've supposedly been having a transitional year at some point for about the last five years and it's never quite happened. We went on and won the title last year, but all of us knew by the end of January that side was in trouble and we managed to have enough points in the bank to go on and win so the title. So what happened to this new centre-half kid? Well, he, he got it. half a game... One and a half games. Because he played what, Villa and, and half a Swansea. What, what happened to him at Swansea then? Why did he, did he get taken off? He got off? hooked, yeah. Yeah. Well, he was That's having a mare. For him, isn't it? He was having a mare. But, you know, but, and, and, you know, tactically, I think you, you can, you can say that the, that's the manager's prerogative. And he but played the back three with Mikel in it. Pretty much, and Oscar yeah. at points. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, it was it was that that was a bizarre game. Let's talk about um, Saturday. It's interesting since anno- since announcing Conte's appointment on the eighth of April, we've actually lost both of our league fixtures, which has ended that you know that fifteen game unbeaten run and also Gus Hiddings' record of not losing two league games in a row since he was in charge at PSV. And I think what that highlighted this whole Gus Hiddings unbeaten record thing was a bit of a myth. Yeah, you totally. know, because there were loads of draws in there. There was loads of snidey wins. You know, it wasn't. I, I think Gus Hiddings done an amazing job since he came in. He was absolutely the right person to come in and take over what was a basket case of a club. He brought calmness to the situation. He calmed it down. But the problem is that he hasn't got the tools to be able to, to lift the team in these big situations as we found against PSG uh, and against the, the game on Saturday in these big games. You know, it's yeah. difficult. And apart from the Arsenal game, I think it's been, you know, it's not been able we've to been, lift the we've team. We've been second best. And yeah. <clears throat> going back to that whole thing about Miazga and what have you, I mean, this relates to City. I mean, there have been some odd things. He's gone on about, I'll play the youngsters. And then some of them haven't been up to it. But I also think that if you... Look, most of the ground and most of the Chelsea fans have gone on for months, play the youngsters, we need the youngsters in, we need youth in there, get him in. Well, we've started trying to do that. He's given Loftus-Cheek a bit of a run in the side on Saturday against City. You know, I thought he actually was doing a lot of work. He made a few mistakes here and there. 25 minutes, I yeah. thought he was excellent. Yeah. But he was getting stick at one point from the Chelsea fans. who going, oh, come on, Loftus-Cheek, you've got to be better than that if you're going to be in this side. And, and started giving this youngster stick. People have to understand, if you're going to play youngsters, 
you're going to get mistakes. It's going to happen. And also, you have to look at the experienced players alongside them because they have to help them through, but they're all worrying about their own games. That's a key point, I think, about the experienced players. You know, you've got to have experienced players mentoring these players through and supporting these players. And I think the problem is Swansea, he just played a very... Uh, a, v- a very sparse team and put them into the cauldron uh, against Man City I thought Loftus-Cheek was brilliant for the first 25 minutes he faded after that but he wasn't getting a lot of support as we were getting bad no. at the other end I think, I plus think he's a bit famous for that at the moment isn't he that he, fading a bit he, that he, 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 he starts well yeah. and then he, then he gets 90. a bit lost but isn't that isn't that, that part of the development that we've got to bring these players through and, well and, no fair enough I mean know. I'm just you know I mean, I stating in a fact no, that he I, does fight you're right and Rick always says he never finishes 90 minutes no you're right but I think that you know we'll come and we'll talk about the excellent achievements of youth this week you know in, in our youth sides um, but I said it on the podcast last week you either play your very very best team in the expectation of winning or you play a youthful um, squad team and gamble that you're going to lose. Yeah, exactly. You know, so in the team on Saturday, we played a strong team, played probably the strongest team we could play. You know, Loftus Cheek being, you know, being a big promotion for him. I don't think he did that badly. He no. certainly deserved, didn't deserve Peltas pa- for it. A lot of the papers no. said he was our player of the, the match. Yeah, and, and let's not let, let's not make any mistakes. Man, see, were good. You know, they were really good. And, you know, you talked about De Bruyne. He was excellent. Aguero's finishing... Chelsea weren't bad for 25 minutes. Not bad. You know what? Uh, uh, One thing I thought... I I didn't think our heads went down too much. We kept going back and they just kept punishing us on the break. They just outplayed us You know what? I've got to be honest. It wasn't our worst performance. It was just a really bad result. And they were very good. It was ugly in the middle of the park where De Bruyne just kept stepping into open space. I mean, it was like... what? Well, everybody looked like they were on their... uh, Summer holidays. Um, yes, the, that's what the, I feel. All the backs were. Got, everybody was diving forward. Every every opportunity. But, but this is what I mean about we feel it's a bit walking dead. One manager's on the way. No one knows. Everyone's playing for their job, but maybe not doing it as a unit. And it just feels it just feels like a very odd time. Okay, at the here's here's one thing I think also, which <clears throat> nobody's really mentioned yet. But I also think half of these players are now thinking. Well, I don't want to get stuck in because if I get injured, I could miss the Euros. Yeah, yeah there's you know. definitely an element of that. But yeah, there, isn't that the same for all teams? Yeah, but if you're fighting for something, you go through it. Yeah. If you've got nothing to play for, you go, do I need to make that 50-50? If you're fighting for, you know... I think the, the players, they've been in a bit of a mare all season. They can't wait for it. But, it. but it does feel that after PSG and Everton, the two cup losses, that we've got nothing to play for, it has really kind of taken a bit of a downturn. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have it, got something to play for. We've got to beat Spurs. We've got to beat Spurs. Yeah, but you say that as a fan. I don't know whether the players would agree with you. Well, I think it's got to be nailed up in the dressing room. You do not lose to Spurs. Because, you know, if you want to salvation, if you want to, to, to save anything from this season, if you want any salvation from this season, beat Spurs and the fans will back you 100%. Because we could lose them the title by beating them. You know, that's something to play for. I agree, I agree. You know. I agree, but I don't think they have the same for passion us. as we do. Well, you know... Maybe you should play that. Night. But I think, again, this is where the, the John Terrys of the world come in. You know, yeah. John Terry can say to the squad, listen, if you beat this team, if you beat Spurs, the fans will let you off all the other stuff in recent weeks. Yeah. You know, give yeah. them a lift. I think that's true. You know, and I think that's, a, that's about understanding the cultural elements yeah. of the club. Listen, you know, Aguero's only the, the third opposing player to score a hat-trick at Stamford Bridge in the Premier League. Who are the other two? Carnu. Yeah. And, oh, 
Hold on. Ooh, the Carno one was, was painful, wasn't it? That yeah, it was. was. Yes. 15, 15. Came, and he only was a substitute, wasn't he? He came yeah. on and just danced another, around. Another I don't think they'd had him and that long And the other one was... Van Persie. Oh, it was Van Persie. Yeah, was. John Terry fell over, didn't he? <laughs> <drink? laughs> yeah, that's on right. One of those girls. Um, Chelsea's heaviest home defeat in the Premier League since losing Did 3-0. we win that game he got an hat-trick? No. What, then Van Persie? I think we lost 5-3, didn't we? That's it. Yeah. We didn't win 5-3. No, we lost. And the Carnu yeah. one we yeah. lost as well. Matters matter scored to make it 3-3, and then he went on and got yeah, one of those stupid yeah. games. Uh, heaviest home defeat in the Premier League since... 1-1! One, one. Sorry. <laughs> heaviest home defeat in the Premier League since losing 3-0 to Sunderland. In that November was a 2000. weird day. That's that when game. they played Paolo Ferreira at centre <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so so not not a great. That's day. when it was a shock to lose. It was at home. Thibaut Courtois obviously sent off uh, towards the end. He got no protection, did he? Really, Gary Cahill just diving. I still in. think it was an odd way he went for it with his feet. I don't think he was going to get there with his. No, hands. I don't. I think he was slow. He likes time. going with his feet though. A lot of these continental, continentals do. But do you? Th- okay, here's an interesting one. Um, you know, everyone's gone on about Courtois having a poor season. And he has, a, in a lot of ways. He's done a lot of good. But he suddenly looks shaky at crosses. You know, I didn't like the way he came out the other day and said, I can't commit my long-term future yeah, to Chelsea. Yeah, I didn't Chelsea. like that. I didn't like that. Um, but at the same time, there's a, we can talk about Courtois. But also, you know, Peter Cech, um at the weekend... Didn't cover himself in glory no, on exactly. that goal, And everyone keeps going, oh, we should have had Cech back uh, and you, kept him... We all. cannot... Judge Courtois on the, because of the four defenders that have been in front of him all that. season. You that. cannot possibly, yeah. and you cannot basically compare him to Czech, who had the meanest defence in the whole league in front of him. This is it's the Marine, this is the Mourinho De Bruyne situation where he writes up on the on the on the board all of Courtois' numbers next to Czech's numbers, and, and Courtois says, "Look at the defenders you put in front of me. Yeah. I'm having to play with Baba Rahman." Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, what's yeah, going on? You know, rubbish. What's, what's wrong with like him? Ashley Cole. You know, check out Ashley Cole. Yeah. So, so the point is, I think that's a very good point, but yeah. I thought Czech looked lumbering against, uh, you know, on, on, at the game, the Arsenal game at the weekend. He got down slowly. Czech's not the answer. Stop pining for Czech. He's Get a better goalkeeper than uh, He's not, though. I, I, I'm he's not, not so sure. And, and if, you know... He is. He's not. And I think, Kort, you know, he's a better if, Kort, than, if he hasn't uh, got his heart set somewhere else, could be with this... For the next eight years. But good on Courtois, you know. He's not a bad keeper. But he's not as what everybody made him out to be the best goalie in the world. Well, talking about that, Chelsea have now gone nine Premier League home games without a clean sheet. The longest ever run in the Premier League. Just to, just to highlight the, the defensive uh, frailties. Really. Look, Gus Hudding said, it's a difficult defeat. The 3-0 scoreline seems high and is high, but it's not as if we were outplayed. It was three smart counter situations. That was not a big, big difference. Uh, the, diff- the defeat is deserved, but not so negative that we are now feeling desperate. I mean, that's kind of putting a you know, that's, putting that's a quite smile a desperate it. thing. That's quite a, putting quite a smile on it, isn't it? Really? Yeah, but it is. you know what? It, 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 we were still going and going back and going back and going, back, and they punished us three times horribly. Yeah. But heads never went down. It wasn't like well, you know it didn't when you mean s- anything. No, but it's just, game. you know, like I said, I, just they think all had, a, um, I think it's an odd time for us I now. I think they all I had Aguero really... in their fantasy teams. Yeah, yeah, triple right. captain. <laughs> well, we, we said beforehand, uh, people I was sitting with, I, I said, well, I reckon Aguero will score in the 80th minute. And he did score in the 80th minute. Yeah. Unfortunately, that was his third one, you well, know. But I mean, an amazing player. I mean, you know, he's, you know, he scored a ridiculous amount of How metrics. is he not up for player of the year? I don't know. Don't get it. You know? it. Because I think he had a... I, I think most of his hard work's been done in the second half of the season. Who else is up yeah. for it? Cahill? Okay. <laughs> 
Okay, Baba Rahman. Yeah, who would be up for your player of the what, year? Chelsea? Chelsea. The only one would be William. Is it only William, one? It? And actually, they should do. Wasn't it Aston Villa cancelled their player of the year this year? Yeah. I think we should do the same. Well, you know. In a way. Although, yeah. well, if, if you were the only player that's been consistent, you'd be a bit pissed off for that, wouldn't okay, you? Okay, no, that's fair enough. Okay, <laughs> I'm it's do, just announced. I'm, it's going, yeah. I'm going to do a very, very clever segue here. Ooh, we should keep the player of the year going because we should celebrate the achievements of our youth teams at the player of the year ceremony. So should we come on and talk about what our youth teams So when's about? a clever segue coming up? Aha. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Because, you know, what I mean, for all the doom and gloom that's been happening with, with the first team, with the senior team, the youth team have doing, been doing incredible things. Yeah. Yesterday, as we know, the under-19s retained their European uh, Cup. Uh, the under-19s is, of course, our European competition squad. Yesterday, they uh, beat PSG 2-1 in Switzerland. I mean, that's an outstanding achievement. Back-to-back UEFA Youth League trophies. And, and one of only two or three teams that have ever done that before. Amazing. You know, yeah. goals from Tamori and Palmer. A, a great game. I mean, Tamori scored early doors, then gave away a penalty a minute later, which they missed. Um, and then uh, Palmer scored late to, to retain it. Last 20 minutes were back to the wall siege. But, you know, they toughed it out. They they. they got it out and you know PSG were a very good team and it was a brilliant brilliant result you know the under A teams um, didn't play this week because of that European game but they play the first leg of their FA Cup youth final away against Man City this coming Friday which is a repeat of last year's final it's their fifth successive final they're bidding to become the first team to win the trophy three times in a row since the 1950s and I think that was the Busby Babes you know uh, the second leg at Stamford Bridge takes place five days later uh, which is the 27th of April, kick-off 7.45pm. Tickets available from the website, £5 for adults, £3 for juniors, and it's free to air on Chelsea TV. So if you want to watch the game, you can watch it for free on Chelsea TV. You know, so, I mean, massive congratulations to the youth squad. I think, I think that's been a, a brilliant season for them. I mean, the question... Is that a five or a month, though, Chelsea TV? Yeah, but it's free. They're doing it for that, for that game. It's free. Are they? Yeah, it's free to air. So anybody can oh, watch okay. it. Yeah, so on the website or on the TV. So. And uh, how are the ladies doing, Andy? Well, the ladies, <laughs> uh, another great 2-1 win for Chelsea ladies on Sunday. You've done this before. <laughs> yeah. I'm just checking over your notes. <laughs> Another great 2 on one for Chelsea ladies on Sunday against Manchester City women in the semi-final of the Women's FA Cup. They are, of course, the holders of the Women's FA Cup. So uh, Frank Kirby Ooh. grabbed... Carry Frank on. Kirby grabbed a winning goal in the literally the last minute of extra time to go on Frank uh, to set up a final. Frank Kirby to uh, to set up a uh, <laughs> to set up a final with Arsenal ladies at Wembley on May the fourteenth. Again, tickets uh, available for that. Chelsea Ooh, ladies, them Gunners ladies. Chelsea, of course, the current holders of the trophy. Um, and Chelsea ladies also play on Thursday this week away at Arsenal ladies in the Women's Super League, which is a title they also hold, and that's on BT Sport if you want to watch it. Nice. There you go. So um, amazing. Do you want me to go through what's happening with the loanees? What well, the... we could we could do that, couldn't we? Because it's a, it's an interesting scenario. Because yeah. I've I read. The... Yeah, let's, let's do loanees, and then let's do who we want who we want to come okay. in our little dream team of you know. Well, this, we want this, to this go. Got born out because there was a really interesting article about Nathan Ake mm. uh, in the Guardian this week, and ooh, the ooh. Guardian. Yeah, well, you went and rushed off and read it after I told you about it. Um, and he was going on about the fact that the, the Lonies, the Chelsea Lonies, have got their own Facebook check page to, to swap stories of how they're getting on at the clubs. And Nathan Ake, I think, you know, this is what this is born out of. Nathan Ake has been amazing at Watford. You know, the fact that he went there, 
in and out, didn't get a look in, and now he's cemented his place in the team. I'll run through this and, really quickly. Yeah, they always think. attack down the right, though, don't they, uh, when they play Watford? I'll run through very quickly. All the, the, not everybody that's out on loan, but it's just some of the key people that we got on loan yeah. and what, what's going up at the moment. So Nathan Ake played the full 90 minutes of Watford's 1-0 win away to West Brom. That result uh, basically uh, retained their Premier League status. That takes them to 41 points, so well done to him. Victor Moses started for West Ham against Leicester on Sunday. Michael Hector scored the opening in Reading's game at Leeds, but they lost 3-2. In Holland, Marco Van Hinkle and Todd Game both played uh, the full 90 minutes in wins for PSV Eindhoven, uh, who were level on points at the top of the league, and NEC Nijmegen, respectively. Uh, Quadrado scored the third goal in Juventus' 4-0 win to Palermo in Syria. Uh, Mohamed Salah played in Roma's 3-3 draw. Uh, in Spain, Charlie Masunda started for Real Betis in a 1-1 draw at Celta Vigo. Christian Atsu came on for the final 20 minutes of Malaga's 1-0 loss uh, at Atletico Rodríguez. Uh, Andres Christensen played in 2-0. Borussia Mönchengladbach lost away to Hanover. Uh, Jeremy Boger played the second half for Wren as they lost 3-0. Uh, Jamal Blackman played between the sticks in a 2-1 win for Ostersunds against Haken in the Swedish top flight. And finally, uh, Kenneth Omareo played at the back for Turkish side uh, Kasim Pasa as they lost 2-1 to K. Suriz, as Isbo, can't pronounce that properly. Uh, oh, and finally, in Belgium, Christian Cuevas played 90 minutes for Santrunese in a 1-0 defeat against Lockerham. Well, there's some good news in there. And Sorry, I've been mean, quite a long. promising time. There's a lot of Emanalo's failures in that list that we still can't get rid of three seasons after they should have left the club. I mean, picking yeah. some players out of that. Todd Kane getting rave reviews over in Holland. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's been doing really well. I mean, really Marco well. Van Hinkle started really well and got that horrific knee injury. So, you know, we don't know. And he, you know, he's been at AC Milan. He's been at various places since then. Well, Quadrado, they're talking about Comte might want him back. Yeah, Quadrado. Um, Charlie Musonda's playing really well for Real Betis. I mean, there's lots of positive news now. Now, whether that will ever materialise, whether any of the youth players that have won the European Comte- Cup or the league will ever come through or whatever but it's nice to know that there are things happening at a youth level yeah and from what I can gather Conte's interested in youth players as well as having incredibly old players he, he likes well, the, youth the players the thing about so. Conte that everyone seems to think, think that he's the good fit is he's very good at rebuilding teams that are, have been past their best yeah. he's, he's quite good at working out who's past their sell-by date and who needs to go and who needs to come in that's what he seems to specialise in. It seems to be rebuilding, you know, good teams. Yeah, I, I think it's... Look, the, after the season we've had, all you can do is be excited that things are changing yeah. and we are going to get a manager who may just possibly stay uh, longer than enough, the season. Funny enough, after, we, you know, when, when Gus came in, I've not, you know, I've actually quite enjoyed this season. I've, you know, it's been quite stress-free. Not every point counts into, you know, we might lose the title. I've quite enjoyed some of the football this season. Some of the games I've been to have been absolutely brilliant. I've, you know, I don't mind, you know, like you, know, you were saying, Andy, you know, top four manager expectations. I'm looking forward to next season. I really yeah. am. I'm like you, like all of you. I'm sure you got your season ticket renewal through. Yeah. I mean, clearly several hundred pounds you know went out of my bank account without even thinking you know and you know not with too much of a grudge because like you I am looking forward to next season I think that you know let's just box this season off you know let's put it to bed let's move forward and let's get behind the new manager get behind any new players that come and see what happens I mean the funny thing is I mean you 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 touched earlier earlier Kerry when you said we all knew by January that that team was literally I mean we scraped that that title last season The, the end was was painful but no one could have seen the Mourinho crumble that happened this season i mean this season has been a you know a, a, a lesson in just you know damage limitation to quote 
the, Jer- the film Jerry Maguire, and Up at Dawn, Pride Swallowing Siege. <laughs> That's about right. So what we got? What's our next game? It's um, Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Away. Yeah. Well, that'd be uh, an interesting one. You know, well, tight little ground. You know, good energetic team. Excellent manager. Well, I like to go and see games at a tight little ground. Yeah, I do as well. I do as well. Couldn't get a ticket. I mean, we only we allocated so few tickets that I would have gone. I think would have enjoyed that. But it's so difficult to get a ticket when they play those little yeah. those little grounds. But you know, I think it'll be a, an interesting game. I mean, it's a three o'clock on a Saturday, so we'll be watching it on a dodgy internet feed or listening to it on the radio, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, you know, we'll just. As you say, pressure's off. Just watch the games for the games. Well, I, I just hope he plays more of the kids, gives them a bit of a run around, and people stop moaning. Are we, are we still pushing for Europa? No. 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 No, because that's only fifth place, isn't it? No. It de- sixth or it? even seventh, depending on FA what Cup everyone else does. Yeah. FA yeah. Cup wins, stuff like yeah, that. It's all it's a bit weird. Like, they reckon it could be well be a seventh place this season. I think mathematically, if we win all our games and other teams above us lose all theirs... Who knows? But it's unlikely. I don't think like we're going to win many games to me. And also, I don't, no, I don't think... I think I'd rather have a, a season off. If you're not in the Champions League, playing some of the nonsense teams, I don't know. So I we got know, coming it's up. quite we got fun to go to places you've never been. Teams we, <laughs> yeah, games we've got coming up, Bournemouth, Spurs, Liverpool, Sunderland, Leicester. Oof. You know, I mean... Not a good, uh, a say few, that again. Uh, Bournemouth, Bournemouth on Saturday, yeah. Spurs, Spurs, Liverpool, Sunderland, Leicester. It's, we it's, could get one point out of yeah. all that lot. <laughs> is Spurs uh, Saturday or Sunday? I suppose Monday. Monday. So are we saying then our, 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 our reason, you know, of life, reason d'etre now is to stay in the top half of the, of the league. That's, that's it. Now, that's our best, isn't it? Top half. Yeah. yeah but it, it doesn't is, really matter. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we've avoided relegation and we should be happy. <laughs> Just one, one, one last thing before we finish. I'll put this up on Twitter, but my, my son and, and I had this conversation walking out of the game. Let me paint the scenario for you. It's the last game of the season against Leicester. Leicester have to win to win the league. If we lose or draw, then Spurs win the league. It's the last minute of the game. It's a corner to Leicester. The ball comes over. John Terry steps back and powers a header into the net as his last act as a Chelsea player and wheels away with his shirt in his hand, twirling it above his head. What's your reaction to that? Nice one, Medal. Medal. He scores for Leicester. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wins them the league and runs away. Scores again. We lose the game. They win the league. That is JT... Captain, leader, legend. I will personally pay for a statue <laughs> yeah, if he does Absolutely. <laughs> can you imagine? I mean, what would the FA do? What, I, I don't mean, think there's anything they can do. Well, I don't know. It's, no, it'd be ungentlemanly conduct. I, mean, it I don't would, think you can take the goal away. You I might be able to find him. He's like, I'm retired. They I'm might done. replay I'm the match. Bye. Oh, please do it, JT. Please, and the please, funny please. thing is, I bet you most of... Um, is it Stanford Bridge, that one? Yeah. yeah. I, I bet you... I reckon the cheer would be massive. Yeah, I really no, do. It'd be I like that I'm, time when, when we scored against Bolton. Jodie Morris, wasn't it? Or was it Mark Nichols? It was no, one it was Jody of Morris. Jodie Morris, wasn't yeah. it? Somebody was saying to me it was Mark yeah. Nichols, and I no. said, "No, it's Jody Morris." And you know, let we him all score, let him score, yeah, yeah. And then he scored, and we all went boo. <laughs> and I've never seen a Chelsea goal boo, booed so much. I still think, actually, it, everyone, every Chelsea fan should take a Leicester fan to that last game of the season, yeah, because uh, you know, I hope they're going to do it, and it'd be great to be part of history. But yeah. you know, Ranieri, can he finally get? Uh, to I, him? I hate Leicester. Why do you hate Why? Leicester? I hate Leicester. 
Is Ranieri going to be the ultimate nearly man? Is he going to be the oh, ultimate bridesmaid, yes. never the bride? You know, yes. always destined well, to come second. Well, they offered him an eight-year contract, a seven-year contract, and he said, oh, why not make it eight? And, you know, oh. it's all such nonsense. Oh, it's, well, uh, there you go. Uh, yeah. So, Bournemouth, what do we think? Uh, I'm going to go for 3-1. Two. Anyone you want to pick. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go for us. Okay. We won't have I was going to say 3-1, so I'll go 2-1 now. I'm going to say 2-1, very youthful side, Kennedy, Traore, Loftus-Cheek. Yeah. Oh, we can say the same thing. I say oh. this to you, how long have we been doing this? Six years? Yeah, and I keep saying and the same every, thing. every time I say to you, that is not, you cannot make that rule. They don't let you do it on other programmes, do they? <laughs> <laughs> Philip? Um, um, thunder rises <laughs> in the morning. Th- um, to all. You do know that Rolf Harris is not appropriate. Ah, <laughs> uh, that was that was uh, the cover version by Sinead O'Connor. I, I, <laughs> oh, I'd that's say. so much better. <laughs> Two all. Two all. That's been nice. It <laughs> is being very nice. Right. Well, we'll have to discuss that. Someone's going to score. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Explicit. <laughs> all right. See you all next week. Yeah. Then. yeah. See you next week. This is a playback media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.